to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Well, good morning, One Church Park District. Happy Sunday to you all. And it is so good to be able to speak to you today on this very special Sunday, wherever you're at. If you're joining us live, we're so glad that we can be together. Maybe you're in-house church or watching this later whenever you're joining us. Uh, we are so glad that we can be together. I'm so glad to get to speak to you today on this special Sunday morning. And it is special for a number of reasons. Number one, it's special because today is Marcia Thorsell's birthday. And uh, so if you are in the joy group with Marcia today, I hope that you will just show her some love. She's an incredible woman, incredible leader. Of course, she and Mark are such a blessing to our church family. So we love you, Marcia. Happy birthday. Uh, but it's also special because today is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the day that we remember and we celebrate the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem as he prepared to go to the cross prepared to bring salvation uh, to all of us who had put our faith in Jesus. And of course, we are preparing for Easter. And next Sunday, we're going to be gathering together at the Winter Park Community Center. We're going to have an incredible Easter celebration. Uh, it's just going to be a great time. We're going to celebrate all that Jesus has done. Uh, Johannes Amritzer will be our guest speaker coming to us from Sweden and just an incredible evangelist and apostolic leader. So I hope you'll join us. Invite some friends, uh, people that are far from God that may not normally go to church next Sunday. If you're looking for an opportunity to bring a friend, next Sunday is the Sunday. And we're going to have a great festival after the service. We've got a bounce house for kids. We've got food. We've got an egg hunt. It's just going to be a great, great day. So I hope you'll join us. Plan to be there next Sunday to celebrate Easter. Well, today, if you have your Bible, why don't you grab it and turn with me to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. We're continuing our series that we're calling Possessing the Land. We're looking at the book of Joshua and really uh, looking at what it means to move into everything that God has for us. As Israel moved into the promised land, uh, God has great plans, a great future, uh, a great place for every single one of us. And so we are looking at that and learning some lessons from the book of Joshua. And today I want to speak out of Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4, I think a short message this morning, but I think it will be something that will encourage you. And Joshua chapter 4, Israel has just crossed into the promised land. They've just come across the Jordan. And the Bible says this in Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean? 
Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. I want to speak to you today on the thought of making a memorial. Making a memorial. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I didn't really have an appreciation for history. Uh, when I was a kid, my family moved to England. Uh, we lived in England and in Belgium and traveled around Europe. And of course, there's history here in America, but uh, there is so much history in Europe and in other parts around the world. But I remember as a kid, every time we went to any historical place, I remember my parents would stop at every plaque. They'd read every plaque. I remember they'd stop at every monument. Uh, they would stop at every memorial along the way. And I remember as a kid just being frustrated and thinking, come on, uh, mom and dad, uh, this is boring. There's no reason for us to read the plaque. It's just a plaque. But my parents would take time to look at that, to understand the history. And uh, then, of course, as kids, I moved to Virginia and we lived near Yorktown and Colonial Williamsburg. And again, so much history. And they would just always take time to remember all of the history. And I thought, you know, come on, mom and dad, I'm a kid. I, this is boring. We've got places to go, people to see, things to do. Come on, let's go do something else. But they understood that there is something powerful in remembering the past that is releasing for our future. There is something important about reflecting upon the past that helps to uh, prepare us for the future. And here Israel has just crossed over the Jordan. They have uh, done that thing that they were believing God for or that God had promised to them that they were going to enter into the promised land. And there was battles ahead of them. Uh, there was good things in store, a land flowing with milk and honey. There were cities to possess. There was all kinds of things that God had ahead of them. But the first thing that God said that he wanted them to do is he wanted them to make a memorial. He said, I want you to take stones out of the Jordan, out of the, the bottom of the, what would have been covered by the waters of the Jordan. I want you to take that out. And when you cross over the first place you stop, I want you to make a memorial. I want you to take those stones and I want you to build those stones as a memorial so that in the future, when your children ask, you'll be able to tell them the story of what God has done. You know, again and again throughout the history of Israel, we see God commanding them to make memorials or have memorial moments, have moments of remembrance. God said to Israel, I want you to remember that I brought you out of Egypt. I want you to remember uh, that, that I brought you across the Jordan. I want you to remember when you come into the promised land and you're in this place of blessing and you're in this place of abundance, remember the Lord for it's he who gives you the ability to get wealth that he may establish his covenant in the earth. Again and again, God commanded Israel, God commanded his people to remember. And I don't know about you, but I think the reason God commanded them to remember is because God knows that we have a tendency to forget. <laughs> and again, I, I don't know if you're like me, but 
I have sometimes a case of spiritual amnesia. I seem to forget what God has done. I seem to forget the moments that God has carried me, the moments that God has protected me, the moments that God has provided for me. And I find myself in a new battle, a new challenge, a new uh, obstacle to overcome. And sometimes in my flesh, I can go back to uh, what's going to happen. I get filled with anxiety. I get filled with worry. But when I remember what God has done, there's something powerful that is released. And I believe for every one of us as God's people, as followers of Jesus, that we need to be people that make memorials, that we need to be people that, that remember the goodness of God, the grace of God, the blessing of God. You know, all of us, of course, have faced challenges. All of us have had hard times. Life is hard, but God is good. And we need to take time to remember the goodness of God. In fact, uh, the Bible tells us that as New Covenant believers, that, that we have two memorials or what we often call two ordinances in the church. And that is the memorial of baptism, water baptism. You see, a memorial is a physical expression of a spiritual experience. Just as God intervened in a miraculous way to bring Israel across the Jordan, those stones became a physical expression of a spiritual experience, God's work on their behalf. And the same is true of water baptism. Water baptism is a spiritual expression of a physical, uh, I'm sorry, it's a physical experience, uh, a physical expression of a spiritual experience. It's not just going into the water. It's not going under the water that has the power. I mean, you can do that in, you know, a swimming pool anytime, but it's the remembrance that God has, has through Jesus delivered me out of the old life, out of bondage to sin, out of oppression, and out of everything of my old life, and now has brought me into a new life in Christ. The old is gone, as Paul says, and the new has come. And so I think it's so important for every single person who puts their faith in Jesus to be baptized in water. It is a commandment because it's a physical expression of a spiritual experience. You know, the enemy loves to come in and say things like, are, are you really saved? And we need to be able to point back to, I remember that moment. I remember the moment that God saved me. And I remember my baptism that was a physical expression of that spiritual experience. You know, it's interesting that when Jesus is baptized, he goes back to the Jordan, back to the place where this memorial was built. He's going back to renew the covenant that God had made to Israel. And when every single one of us puts our faith in Jesus, we are entering into a new place, a new land. And so number one, we've got the memorial of baptism. But number two, we also have the memorial of communion. The memorial of communion. And communion uh, is a meal that is a, a moment of remembrance of what God did for us through Jesus. And of course, Jesus on the night that he was betrayed. He celebrated the Passover. And as he was celebrating the Passover, uh, a memorial moment that God had commanded Israel to keep in remembrance of their salvation out of bondage, he says, 
that, that he, he told his followers that they are to take the bread, they are to take the cup that was his blood and his body that symbolized the sacrifice that he would make upon the cross and that they were to do it often in remembrance of him. It was a memorial moment. He was telling us, I want you to remember what I am doing for you. And so I believe as followers of Jesus, uh, it is important that we take moments that are memorial moments, that we remember what Jesus has done for every single one of us. And I want to give you three things that I believe memorial moments do for us or, or making memorials do for every single one of us. Number one is this, that memorials renew. Memorials renew. You see, a memorial is not just about remembering what was in the past, but it's renewing that experience or the benefits of that experience in the present. You know, every year we as a nation celebrate Memorial Day. Memorial Day is the moment that we remember those who gave their lives so that we could experience freedom in this nation. And it's important that we take time to remember that, not just to remember them, but that we would once again experience the joy of the freedom that we have in this nation. You know, even more importantly than in our nation, as followers of Jesus, it's important that we remember, that we renew um, that joy, the joy of our salvation. It's kind of like the, you know, a couple that renews their vows. They don't renew their vows because they became unmarried or they lost their marriage. They renew their vows because they want to renew and restore the joy, the commitment, the love that they had through their initial marriage vows. And, you know, I don't believe that we lose our salvation, uh, that we can accidentally lose our salvation, but we can't lose the joy of our salvation. And when we have memorial moments, when we look back at what God has done, we renew, we restore the joy of our salvation. And I believe this week, even as we move towards Easter, I believe it's important for every one of us to remember the body of Jesus, to remember the blood of Jesus, so that we would once again experience the joy of our salvation. You know, communion is not just a spiritual snack. It's a fresh experience of the grace of God. As we receive communion, we are receiving life into ourselves. The life of Jesus, once again, through the Holy Spirit, we are encountering the grace of God once again as we receive communion. And so number one, memorials renew. Number two, memorials retell. Memorials retell the stories to the next generation. That's what God said to Israel. I want you to build this memorial so that when the next generation asks you, what do those stones mean? They will hear the story of what God has done. You see, there's a danger for every single one of us, a danger for every generation that we will begin to presume upon the inheritance, the territory that past generations have fought the fight of faith to obtain, we can begin to just take that for granted. And when we 
celebrate a memorial moment. We are retelling once again to the next generation the story of God's goodness. You know, even in my own family, I'm so inspired when I hear the stories of what God has done in the past. I used to love to sit with my grandfathers when they were alive in this earth. I used to love to sit with my grandfathers and I would hear their stories. One of my grandfathers was a businessman. One of my grandfathers was a pastor. And I love to hear their stories of God's goodness. One of my grandfathers would tell the story of how the Lord spoke to him one day about buying a piece of property. And he bought that property and through that pro- through that. Uh, purchase in response to the voice of the Holy Spirit. God worked a miracle, blessed their family, and launched him into really a new season of life and uh, a new season of business. And every time we are in that part of town where that piece of property was, we drive down the road. It's Clyde Morris Boulevard in Daytona. Some of you may be familiar with it. And I always tell my kids, you know, granddaddy used to own this property. God told him to buy this property. And this was a miracle moment. And what, what are we doing? We're just having a memorial moment. My other grandfather was a pastor and planted a church and built a great church. And now there, there is a campus that sits at the intersection of uh, Interstate 95 in Ormond Beach. And it was a, a piece of property that at the time uh, was out in the middle of nowhere. But my grandfather knew that God had called him to build the church or build a home for the church in that place. And now, 50 years later, uh, there is a church in that place. And there's been literally thousands of people who have been impacted. And when I hear that story and every time I drive by with my kids, I say, that's the church that Papa started. That's the church that Papa built. And it is retelling the stories of faith to the next generation. You know, as followers of Jesus, I know sometimes it's so easy to be future focused that we forget the value of the past. We forget what God has done. And it's so important for us to remember what God has done throughout history. Recently, I was in Zurich on the 500 year anniversary of the Swiss Reformation. And I was so encouraged to remember what God did through that significant moment in history as the bondage of legalism was broken off of God's people and they were restored once again to the incredible revelation that we are saved by grace through faith. I remember going years ago to a house that was on Bonnie Bray Street in Los Angeles. And it was a house that in the early part of the 20th century, a small group of people began to gather in that house for a prayer meeting. And they began to seek the Lord for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They, they were reading the Bible, what God did on the day of Pentecost, and they're saying, God, would you do it again? And if you know the story, you know that the Holy Spirit was poured out in such a powerful way on that little group of people that it launched out into an incredible move of God that's come to be known as the Pentecostal movement. And as I was at that house, I was so encouraged to hear the story. It wasn't just a museum to the past. It was a memorial that was telling of God's goodness. And so we need to renew our faith through 
memorial moments. We need to retell, retell the stories to future generations. That's why we tell testimonies so often when we get together. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. So memorials renew, re, memorials retell. The third thing I want you to see is that memorials release. Memorials release. Memorials release faith for the future. It's not just looking back to the past, but through memorial moments, we are drawing faith for the future that God has for us. The Bible says that through communion, we are remembering the body and the blood of Jesus, and we are proclaiming his death and resurrection until he comes. So communion is not only looking back towards the past, it's looking forward to the future, looking forward to the fullness of our salvation. And I know for every single one of us, we all face challenges in life. But I believe it's so important for us to remember the goodness of God, to take memorial moments, to take moments with our families, to take moments for those of us who have children, to tell the stories of God's goodness. It's important for us as a church to remember what God has done. You know, this week I've been reflecting on where we were just a year ago as a church family when we stepped out and put an offer on a building and a piece of property that in the natural, there was no way that we could buy it. We didn't have the money. We didn't have the parking. We didn't have the financing. And we just didn't know how it would happen. But we stepped out in faith. And now we own that building. It was God's goodness, God's grace. You know, there's still challenges ahead of us. We're, we are pressing through to get the permits to begin the construction on the building. And it's been longer and harder and challenging and more complicated than we'd like it to be. But we know that God who started us in this process has not left us. He's not abandoned us. Just like God had not abandoned the children of Israel. He didn't take them to the Jordan and say, well, this is where we part ways. Now you're on your own. He said, I want you to build a memorial because I want your children to know I'll never leave them and I'll never forsake them. And this week, as we move towards Easter, I want to encourage you to make memorial moments, to renew, to uh, retell, and to release faith for the future that God has for us. This Friday night, we're going to gather in the gardens at Mead Gardens to receive communion together, to make a memorial moment. It's not going to be a fancy moment. It's going to be kind of scaled back, worship in the raw, acoustic, a couple of worship songs. There won't be any laser lights. There won't be any smoke machines. There won't be any celebrity preachers, but there will be the body. There will be the blood of Jesus. There will be the Holy Spirit. There will be the cup. There will be the bread. And we're going to make a memorial moment to release the power of God for all that he has for us. So church, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you this week to make memorial moments, to remember what God has done. Even as you're in house church today, maybe you can take a few minutes just to tell the God stories. What has God done in your life that feeds your faith, releases the power of God for the future that God has for you? So church, thank you so much for joining us today. I love you so much. Hope you'll join us on Friday at Mead Gardens at six o'clock and next Sunday as we celebrate Easter together. I can't wait to see you then.